hello everyone. Well, I guess no one is listening to us right now, but I uh, I wish in the future that there's going to be some people who would listen to this podcast. Uh, this is Noor, and we're going to have a podcast about the experience of college, and it's called The College Experience. Oh, what I'm going to say about The College Experience? Well, uh, it is an experience that is not only intellectual, but also physical. The moment where your hormones rushing into your brain to give you adrenaline whenever you meet your classmates and do your presentations. For the first time, of course. And it gives you oxytocin when you hang out with lovely colleagues. But it also gives you dopamine when you ace studies and exams. What? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, speaking of what? Today I'm hosting a dear friend and a classmate from Sodertons University. Uh, we're gonna discuss the experience of Soderton. We're gonna also discuss the thesis or the graduation essay that Hanan wrote. Hello, Hanan. Hello, Noor. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for the lovely uh, presentation. And yes, my name is Hanan and I'm 24 years old. Mm. So, Hanan, uh, first of all, uh, what was the major of your study? Uh, the major was called... Um, media, English, and uh, globalization, and it's basically uh, three years, three years, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, uh. and like the last term, last term, yeah, last, the, semi, the last semester of the program, uh, that's when we do the internship, or we have an opportunity to do an abroad course for the semester. Good, good. So uh, let's talk first about the school time, you know. Uh, let's go first, you know, since we, we studied uh, so many theories about uh, sociology and so. So can you tell us about the social life there? You mean at Sudertown? At Sudertown, you know. Did you get uh, to know new friends just I mean, like, like me? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You're <laughs> one of them. And like... Um, when we first started, I moved to Stockholm, so everything was fresh and new for me. And my first, not first target, but of course, I had I had to make friends, and especially in the in the program, so like, I feel I'm not alone, or like I could, uh, when it comes to exams, like um, revise together and all that, like getting knowledge from and feeding each other with knowledge, and also at the same time making it fun. Mm. Okay, so you had some good time in the pub and so, you know, like the Wednesday. Of course, yeah. of course when like after every, when we do every exam, mm -hmm. read an exam and then we go to the, to the university pub. Yeah. And that was, that was fun, like a relief. I don't think so we talk about how the exam was, but we more like talk about life and shit. Yes, exactly. Nobody wants to talk about campaign exams. No. Let's jump to something that goes with the exams, actually, you know, like uh, if it's the exam is like the summary of like what you learned from a course, then how would you specify or like talking about uh, quality of the education, you know, you received from uh, Sodertorn? I mean, like some knowledge still uh, up to this day, like from reading the books or like from reading the books to watching like a movie or like something educational and then I... 
I see a theory or like a book that I read and then I understand what they're talking about in movies, especially like sometimes uh, old movies that I've watched and then I rewatch them again. Yeah. And that's when I pick up on such uh, maybe books or like theories or like, oh, they mean that or this means that. But at the same time, like um, some knowledge was like useless that I don't think so I'm going to use it. But at the same time, never say never. So you can say it's 50-50. <laughs> yes, exactly. And sometimes, you know, like, oh, why am I reading or like, you know, watching such an old movie? Uh, or, or reading a book, especially uh, in the English part, yeah. where we had to like read uh, old as English literature. Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre, for example. But, you know, I have a love hate relationship with Jen Eyre. Yeah. I feel like first when I read the book, it was interesting, all that, but then later I just, I got tired of reading, not <laughs> reading, but hearing the same story going on and on. And you know, like the thing is that they keep repeating maybe the same theme. But that's history. Yeah, the exactly. The same theme every, like if we said like the English A, English B, English C. It's all the same. Yeah, all the same. Even with the media and communication actually. That is something I didn't love. Maybe it's no idea. No idea. It's just me or like, you know, they are trying to, to, to maybe I'm just being just uh, over reacting yeah, here. Some, some courses are really like, especially like the one, the one, uh, what is it called? Media and everyday life. Yeah. I think that's really great. Yeah. You have some grudge for that. Yeah. Because now I, I see media in totally different way yeah. and I think I'm grateful for that because it feels like I can filter somehow and like uh, the theoretically we learned how to filter mm. um, information yeah. takes or how to read and I think that can also apply mm. for life and how you see life yeah so somehow you are having this relevance with the curriculum you've been taking or been absorbing there some of it to, yeah. to a bit extent of it. Okay. And um, is there a room or a space in uh, the college to, 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 you know, to discuss with the lecturers, the teachers? Of course, it's always there is a room for improvement. And especially when it comes to education or curriculum, because uh, every day stuff is happening in the world. Mm. And at the same time, of course, there's the old stuff. But mm. then I think there has to be balance between the old uh, history and the new history. But also there is some history that is forgotten. Mm. And I think like that should be more of the focus instead of like history that we already know. But like also at the same time repeating itself while there are like some other important uh, history that we don't know. And I think that's really important for a lot of uh, scholars and universities to know. So if you had the choice to, to put your curriculum by yourself, what history would you focus on rather? Oh, that's a really good question. At the same time, really hard because it depends on what I want to study or what mm. my, if I can, if I decide to study in the future, then it depends on what, because, um, uh, if I'm interested in like the media and that I think there are more better way better ways like to get the information out but at the same time like it should be relevant that I can apply it in order for it helps me to be not to be better but to find something good for myself in the future. Mm -hmm. Very well. 
But uh, speaking of the curriculum and the faculty, like, uh, have you ever been in a position that you needed to contact a lecturer or administrator of in that course. college? And they, you didn't find any response from of them? Of course. I think, especially when it comes to Sariton, I think there is, I'm not the only, per, I'm not the only person who say that, like, I have a lot of people who complain, even like my friends, not the ones that go in my program, but other programs who are like complaining. There's this girl, it took her like more than a year for her grade to be registered in LADOG. And she could like email every day and so on. But yeah, she only got, at the end of the day, she only got an apology that, oh, sorry, <laughs> we took time, long time to register, but here. So I think they should improve that. And also like, it, that shouldn't even happen in the first place. Like we are the students. It should be the environment should be made safer for us in order to 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 read more or like to focus even more. So if we we all we uh, encounter other problems in our life, and so if that part comes in, the the part of our education where it's like oh that's when we get our life together. And if that happens, then who's gonna like <laughs> support us or like uh, answer us when while we need it yeah 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 i got that as well like you know sometimes you get really desperate like i just want a simple answer exactly and nobody know it since we've been also on the you know technical side we've been working with uh, like uh, softwares that goes with the journalists like spss and um other type of uh, you know practical stuff that we may use it but would you think that we are we really gonna use things like spss with the statistics and all that are we about this life or do you recommend <laughs> something newer can we use like designing programs instead of like uh, a bit rigid program like spss I think it should be like 50 50 like 50 practical and 50 th uh, theoretical yeah. because most jobs obviously need uh they ask you of such like yeah in order to apply your exactly. uh, theoretical into the practice but if we only do it books 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 and then only one S sspf spss ssps <laughs> so i don't think so uh, they should include more they should include more because if it's the media of course the media we need to experience it or we are experiencing it but at the same time um, the school or the university or the faculty should give us the opportunity to... They are uh, a bit limited, yes. you know? They are a bit limited with the type of things that really don't... Maybe it works because somehow. There are some courses at some that, level, yeah. There are some courses that, are like, that were meaningless and I think they should remove those courses and bring more of the practical into it. Exactly, which is something that you need to, to register for another course so you can learn. So why? Why should like... If like our program it's media, English and uh, globalization, why shouldn't it be include more? No, I, maybe it's like a clickbait. No, <laughs> I think so. I think so. It is a clickbait because it feels like it has, it, it encompasses everything, but at the same time limited. Like we feel so limited because like now we have this whole lot of information that we can't even get a job. Exactly. <laughs> you know, which take me to the economic side. Where oh. is it in all that? You know, like back in time when I was uh, trying to fix, uh, you know, uh, uh, an internship for myself, mm. I couldn't manage to do that. You know, like... And someone said, uh, 
uh, when we had the last thing uh, comments about Sreton that there should be like maybe two internships. Yeah. Like maybe one shorter and then one longer, and I think that would be so perfect because then, then maybe it's a greater chance for us to get a job mm? because our whole uh, program nobody even knows it what we do or what is it about or. It's or so broad. Even ex- exists. It's so broad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if they should, if they could like limit it somehow. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that is the thing, the dilemma thing that our studies like uh, are they reflecting on our future career or not? Do- are they compatible to the job market or not? That is a good question. It is. It is, and I think on some level it is because. What we study is actually so important and it's also at the same time the basis, mm. like uh, the main uh, ingredients to, to it all because it has, ev- it's amazing, it has all these amazing um, ingredients in it and in order to, let's say, to bake a cake, we mm. need all that in order for it to like be this beautiful cake. At the same time, uh, it should be known or like make it like spread it. Spread it. Spread it. Yeah. Tell yeah. a friend to tell a friend. Exactly. You know, we're gonna live on that. Someone like, you know, we need contacts. We need people. Exactly. Someone to hire us. I would like to talk also about, you know, some ideas and wishes. Like, you know, before we go get into your thesis, I would like to know, is there any specific project that would you would like to be part of? Like, you know, a pleasure to you to work with. I think... I think if there was like this, like not a radio, but like a station for like the media students Mm -hmm. in in Sereton or like in that program, you go like, oh, you can start your, not daily, but weekly or even monthly talk, like to make uh, uh, the theories or whatever the teacher says into the practical, just like the way of seeing uh, how maybe the media works or even seeing a studio or like how the technology or stuff like that or even like maybe booking in um, Can we say a mentor? Yeah, but for this like program, yeah, you know what the, I mean? Like yeah. having maybe one one day in a month where we're like, oh, we sit in the station, we do having one, some seminars, yes, you know. photographs, yeah. or workshops, yeah. workshops, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would totally agree with that, wouldn't you? <laughs> okay, if if you were about to choose one favorite teacher, who would be? Oh, that's... oh, this is a different one. Don't tell that. Well, no, 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 no. I want to hear it. We want to hear it. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Some of, like, okay, they were great to an extent. Uh, let's just forget this <laughs> yes. fucking question. No, no, no. I would like to know, like, uh, you know, your, your real, you know, interacting with uh, the other, you know, students. Like, you know... Oh, I do remember this story when we first started because I was fresh new from like a gymnasium, high school. So I didn't know a lot of um, when it came to the technology part, like uh, maybe even like the way of writing, but nobody told me like, oh, in university or college, you use this word or like, 
like we're writing in the in the document, you know. Mm-hmm. So we had like when we first started, we had this group presentation, and there was like this guy who helped me in um, with this project. So I thought that was really nice, like other students helping uh, students yeah. uh, to 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 come in in the program or and get started. So I thought that was really great. Yeah, but was it something you know like a common thing to happen there? Where no, it wasn't common. So that's why I think that's why I still have it in yeah. my head. <laughs> oh my that's god! Why stuck in my head, like I got the help directly because otherwise, like think I was new and then coming, not knowing, nervous and not knowing, and then someone tells you, "Oh, come sit here. Let me do this." I was trying to mingle, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it worked. But and in general, did you get general, some good vibes from the classmates? I think so. I think so. But During the you know the project we had together, not you and me, because maybe we didn't no, once we didn't, or two, we did twice, twice something. Twice. Yes, okay. yes. But the, like in general, yeah. Were they collaborative? In what terms? You know, like you know, there is that type of a flow. You know, there is a flow. Did you did you feel the flow between you? I think you know? when it comes like to presentations and group uh, projects, it's always like ah oh, fifty fifty. Yeah. It, it depends on uh, if you are also like interested and like put in work with them. Then I think there will be like a good um, balance yeah. between uh, me and my uh, mates. But I think yeah, it was. Mm. I wouldn't complain. You know, sometimes it's. It's not the the classmates that would make you nervous doing while doing the you know the the but project. But sometimes they can. They, can, they can, of course. You know, if someone wants to to treat you as passive, they mm. do, they would mm. do. They would go all the way. You know, we had this toxicity before, not you and me, but mm. we had it. Like I had it with with couple of uh, classmates. You know, that were were intersected by other college that were also doing the English and mm. we were so, you know, dissonant. We couldn't even work with each other, but we had to do that yeah. eventually. But the thing is, sometimes also, like the teachers, the those who are like leading the, the seminar, sometimes they really get you out of the mood. True, because sometimes I think they're just looking out for themselves and they forget like a group project is a group and you should like... Mm. You don't should like you shouldn't make shouldn't like uh, show to the rest like oh I did this all by myself da, da. because it, it is a group and you should like have your groups back somehow but mm-hmm. at the same time like yeah everyone should put in work but don't make it like obvious who did the more work yeah exactly <laughs> right now I would love to talk about your uh, graduating dissertation. Milan uh, Parenteser thesis, talking about the Sudanese uprising in 2018. Yes. Yes. So uh, in this essay, yes. you've been discussing the importance of the photo, the semiotics of photos in yes. such sensitive moments, moments in history. Yes. Like what happened in Sudan. So you were saying about it, like the study was to explore the importance of the photographs in an open protest. Do you want to first explain what semiotics is? Yeah, actually semiotics uh, is like how we interpret social codes, uh, signs, and you know, and it depends on the 
normative system exists in a society. And depending on that normative system, we would be able to understand those signals or codes. Mm-hmm. Who was the symbol of that uprising as what we've been talking about? The picture that got recognized by Allah and shared around the internet was uh, the picture of Allah Saleh. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have seen it because it was widespread in the internet. She was wearing a white clothing, which is uh, in Sudanese culture, we call it a uh, tob. And uh, the picture the picture wasn't intended for it to be like that. It was just her um, trying to like protest or as women in Sudanese have always been throughout uh, history, uh, they have been protesting and uh, not being silenced when it comes to their rights and what they need. So they have always been recognized uh, on that part, especially like uh, in Sudan. And now it's been uh, worldwide recognized, which is a good thing. And that's when like the media can come in and do its positive part. Mm. And I think that's really good. When it comes to the, you know, the worldwide recognition, what do you think that it affects this recognition? How would you, you know, move them to, to have your back as a protester back into the... Arab countries, like it what has, does it mean? It then? has to do with the Western culture first, like or the Western uh, educational part. The, like the boundaries has to be broken first in the Western uh, culture when it comes to education and uh, scholaring as or like uh, using this as a new medium in order to spread something good or something rather that helps. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, my question coming from like, uh, since we, or like we lived, we used to live in dictatorships like Syria, Sudan, and other parts of the, you know, the Arab countries, like, uh, it is hard to go on the street and just to ask what is you're something Just that you don't what you want. Exactly. You yes. know, your your basic stuff that you you need like freedom, Just like them, the decent first, life. The, the reason why this uh, processing first broke it was due to the rising of prices of bread. So imagine like you going on the street protesting because of the high prices of bread rising every day. Mm, mm, exactly. And uh, here, by the role of social media, like I need to clarify something that, uh, for example, in Syria, in 2010, the censorship of the internet, you know, on Facebook and YouTube, they canceled the censorship. And then they put it back on 2012. How is it in Sudan? You know, haven't they blocked uh, Facebook, social media? Oh, or but something you like know, the, the thing is, it's a trend for the dictators to cut off the internet it's a way of controlling that, like outside media, not to see anything. So even within within that, they are limited. They are limited. Yeah. So uh, imagine, like, because then there will be no information going in or uh, out of the country, and that's a way of of silencing them, mm. or even like silencing the rest of the world, not knowing what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's. That's what needs to be broken, and the media is is responsible to do that. Just like how these pictures, for example, got recognized uh, widely, but also like have impacted 
greatly in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, I get that. In your opinion, how did the social media react to the, you know, the uprising of Sudan? Was it a negative or positive uh, reaction? Like, did, did it help? I think first, uh, how it got uh, widely spread, it had to do with the Sudanese people first. Like, because, you know, Sudan has been, go- uh, has been in war like, for more than 30 years or within uh, conflicts and uh, uh, genocides and all that. So when, uh, when this uh, uprising broke, and then uh, obviously the Sudanese people are spread uh, all over the world due to these uh, wars and problems. So it was more for us, the, the, uh, the, the Sporians, to spread and help them because we can't be there physically to fight or stand by them. So what we needed to do was to make the uh, to make their voices uh, hard more. So yeah. that's why uh, first it was spread through the Sudanese community on Twitter, and that's when like uh, sharing and um, sharing the picture, and then that's when uh, other people have started sharing the picture, and then the picture got famous in BBC or all over the news, and now it's it's an iconic symbol for the Sudanese. Uh, women but also for the Sudanese people. The Sudanese government has blocked the internet uh, as you mentioned like on June the 3rd like and according to the Washington Post mm-hmm. there was a recognition of like solidarity, solidarity. Yes, yeah yes. exactly you know it's not only in Sudan but outside Sudan there was like this social virtual pressure to achieve what they want to do to do and if you have noticed in the picture she was standing but then uh, because the the power was cut off people were having uh, their phones out to light just to show solidarity and support like you said yeah yeah and uh, you will also doing some comparison between the Arab countries like uh, Tunisia and Egypt like Tunisia started in 2010 yeah the Arab Spring Egypt also in that time 10 11 there is something in mutual I guess by the oppressor which is like you know the authoritarian mm. government of those three countries like mm. what do you think is that in common between the three of them? They're assholes. They are assholes, exactly. You cannot even say it in a more, like, you know, nicey, fancy word. No, but also at the same time, like, I think they're scared of that solidarity or, like, that recognition mm-hmm. because uh, they have been silencing the pe- their own people for for decades of years and now when the, when that uh, recognition became uh, blew up in their faces suddenly... Yeah and new technology and especially new technology because uh, they cut off the power but some people are using VPN and all that yeah. stuff in order to put uh, to get out information out of the country or like to say to other western countries like guys yeah we're here yeah yeah <laughs> See and, us. and this is what I like if you cut off the journalist it come what it comes and emerges the citizen journalism yeah, you know? exactly and everyone everyone became a journalist yeah even me myself on twitter sharing information or instagram and that i guess like you know there where we we appreciate it and like we we recognize that the social media is gonna be the major player 
in what is coming. So uh, back to images and the internet during the uprising, since we're talking about the agency of pictures for the image of Allah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, the people around her taking uh, photos, filming her. She is speaking, raising her finger. She's talking about that is my country. I will never leave it. I need my freedom here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what does this evoke in you as a Sudanese? Rage. Rage. Rage against who? Against the, of course, the government, but at the same time also like the media, because I feel like it should, it should do more, but also like we are responsible for that too. We definitely are. As you said, mm? uh, that it wasn't a really uh, a thing before she spoke out. Exactly, and she wasn't like waiting. She didn't knew like, oh, this moment, or this is the right moment. Her. Of course, yeah. she was. She was like standing. Oh, you yeah. know, she was standing on a car, and exactly, that car exactly, was exactly. was. Uh, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if it was a police car or that, but she didn't care. All she cared about was her voice being heard, and you can even see from uh, the videos of that uh, uh, the picture. You could see the rage and pain in her, you know? Yeah, yeah. So she, we can say that she was the embodiment of, of each course. one of them. But uh, not only that, but also an embodiment of uh, generations of women before her and after her. Yeah, which is something even Stuart Hall talked about, actually. You know, the system of representation. Of course. It's not only photo or video or non-verbal communication it's also a speech it's also a standing you know like a type of bigger presentation even Mikhail Fokel talked about that like you know when he centralized his attention towards the history how history is made by those images taken for such you know thing that it would manage and gather people around it. Uh, which is something actually like really representing the knowledge, the knowledge of that historical moment that we all need. But you need. know like in order for us to explore, to explore the importance of photographs in for example like an open protest like uh, the Sudanese uprising, we also need to look at what they represent. Yeah. So uh, pictures and representation comes in in the picture directly. And that's when we would not be able to view the universe meaningfully if we, if we don't uh, know the schemes that uh, Stuart Hall was talking about in presentation. Let's talk about the normative system of the Sudanese people. What is Allah? Saleh is doing by standing there. She's representing the message, the intended message. Yeah. And uh, now Allah Saleh is a symbol for all of us, of, of all of us, the Sudanese people and Sudan in general. And now like she has opened a lot of um, new opportunities. You know, like how they say uh, uh, Muslim women are their silence or they can't do what they want or they can't even have a, a place in the table when it comes to politics and yet we see her standing and there and yet she breaks all these uh, barriers between yeah. them 
so and now it's uh, it's really amazing because now it's all about representation if i see her standing there and i'm like wow she's sudanese she's a woman she's standing there she's passionate about what she's saying then why can't i do the same yeah or my other younger siblings thinking the same so so like, uh, somehow she a role model for yeah. for the whole of sudan but since you are living here in Sweden, residing here in Sweden, how would that, you know, move you from the place you are? Of course, as uh, Sudanese, the, the Cyprian, I have to support, but also it moves me in a way like, wow, at least someone is out there representing me, representing me as a, a woman, but also as a Muslim Sudanese woman in, in, in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. And I hope that the situation right now is a little bit better in Sudan. What do you think? It's still shit. Yeah. But uh, the Sudanese people are young and hungry and they want to build their country for the better. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. But the thing but is... But it's the seed that needs to be removed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that, like, you know... Uh, maybe they need to, to to get to use that they have the rights to get out and express their frustration. Exactly. And that wasn't the first uprising. The first uprising was, I think, 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's when they also were out. And now they have this uh, pr uh, protest um, called protesting demonstration called uh, the millionaire. Which is like, not every day, but, uh, I don't know what I'm saying now. <gasps> <laughs> Just talk. Talk your talk. Talk your work. Yes. But I hope it gets better. And it will. Well, I guess if it will, it depends on every citizen. Not only in the Sudanese regions, actually. No. In the Arab world. Because right it, now, it, that's, that's it's, so, it's so that's messed the, up. But that's where the problem is, and that's how it started. Like yeah. one country affects the other. So when one neighboring country and a neighboring Arab country is in war, somehow systematically it affects uh, Sudan or the neighboring countries. But <laughs> you know what is ironical? What is ironical is like whenever there is a neighbor country that is having this uprising. The other country would feel that, you know, the, the leader of that country will feel terrified. And this man or, well, there's no woman right now there. So this man mm. would be so, you know, holding his grip into that society just because he is afraid that the seed will what? Will spread. Of, of will course. Spread. Of course. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah, but uh, I think they should use their fear for good. Yeah, like making making it feel making it simply a safer place for everyone, even the neighboring countries. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess like we talked about uh, how images uh, giving that significant effect, and it affects indeed everyone looking and like you know having that image because you know the image gives you the the rest to your brain it gives so you, you a can room. yeah it gives you a room to interpret it exactly. for yourself and yeah yeah you and maybe the same effect that it gives me it won't give you but at the same time 
the the photographer when takes the when in that moment decides to take this picture it is not for the photographer to to intend the the message or what it's up to you yeah how to uh, interpret, interpret it. it but yeah. also what to do with with it exactly so after you have uh, seen the picture interpreted what are you going to do with it or how is that effectiveness what are you going to do with it yeah yeah totally agree since we are gonna wrap this up i would love to leave you with a word from uh, hanan okay thank you Noor, for having me you this are. was so lovely casa, you know that. thank you this was so lovely and i can't wait to continue with this and develop this small project and see it I would until it flourishes i would definitely love to see you you know having something that you really want to work with like i saw you how you like yesterday hmm. we were talking about how you are so engaged in things for sudan on twitter yes you told me about <laughs> yeah. that you know you you are like you know you are the, the whole and night all, is yours for you and that, for sudan now. and all of that thanks Thanks to the media again for making this pos uh, possible, like for me to feel home, even though I'm not physically home. But but do you have even the tiniest fear that the media also would, uh, you know, have? But like if you remember what I said in the beginning, um, the program helped me to filter. Yeah. So I know, or okay, let's say I'm not half percent aware, fifty percent aware of the bad stuff of the media and what the media can do or cannot do. So since I'm aware of that, then I, I can filter. Yeah, yeah. If the media is a double-edged agency, I guess it's up to us to, you know, to take the best part of it. Exactly. And also it depends on what glasses you're wearing in order yeah. to see it. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot for listening to the first uh, episode of the college experience and i hope that we're gonna continue to further episodes with best classmates ever <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs>